This is how you know it's happy hour here on the morning after on SportsGrid. Not only is it the third and final hour of our program on this Tuesday, the sun is shining. We're feeling good out here on the West Coast. Los Angeles hours for you, the West Coast studios of the Sports Grid Network. I'm your host, Ben Stevens. You are listening on Sirius XM, Channel 159, the new home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM, and all across the Sports Grid Network. Thank you for joining us on this Tuesday morning. To start out happy hour in hour number three, it is always our West Coast wake-up, which makes what I'm about to do even that much more fitting on this Tuesday morning. Man, the sun is blaring right now. We're feeling good. Speaking of the sun, the Phoenix Suns are the hottest team in all of the NBA. You like what I did right there? 13 straight wins for Phoenix as it stands right now, beating the San Antonio Spurs 115 to 111 last night. Phoenix improves to 14 and 3 straight up this year. Still not the best record in the association. That's held by the Golden State Warriors at 15 and 2, but 14 and 3 with 13 straight wins, not too shabby for the Suns who won the Western Conference just this past season. However, Phoenix not great against the number, at least not quite 14 and 3 with a 13 game winning streak. They are just 9 and 8 against the spread so far this year. They have been favored in 15 of their 17 games. In fact, they have been a favorite in every single game a part of this 13 game winning streak. They have covered in 8 of the 13 games an 8 and 5 record ATS through this 13-game winning streak, and they did not cover last night as a five-and-a-half-point favorite against the San Antonio Spurs, with the Spurs only losing by four at home. The total goes over of 220 in a hook. That is three straight overs for the Phoenix Suns and the latter half of this 13-game winning streak. San Antonio, meanwhile, 8-8 eight and eight against the spread, 5-6 and six ATS when booked as an underdog. Again, the Spurs do cover... As a five and a half point dog last night, but Phoenix wins its 13th straight game. The Suns were plus 850 to repeat as Western Conference champions before the year began at last check, five to one on the FanDuel Sportsbook, the fourth shortest odds at the moment. I am out on the West Coast. The Los Angeles Lakers are not. They are in the East Coast portion of this country at Madison Square Garden tonight against the Knicks. On the FanDuel Sportsbook right now, the Lakers, a three and a half point underdog in the Mecca tonight, the over under total 214 a hook. What is so significant about this matchup between the Knickerbockers and the Lakers tonight? No LeBron James. No LeBron at the Garden? For the Lakers and Knicks, well, if you remember what happened in a wild scene in the Motor City on Sunday night, LeBron James involved in a tussle of sorts, an altercation with Isaiah Stewart of the Detroit Pistons. LeBron was ruled for a flagrant two, hitting Isaiah Stewart across the face when they were boxing out for positioning. It drew blood, opened up a wound over Isaiah Stewart's right eyebrow. He then lost his mind, tried to go after LeBron. It was a wild scene in Detroit. Isaiah Stewart skyrocketing up 2022 NFL draft boards, by the way, as a talented edge rusher out of the University of Washington. So LeBron has been suspended by for one game by the NBA, which was surprising because... They're playing in New York City at MSG, the world's most famous arena, the Mecca. Tonight, Isaiah Stewart has been suspended for two games for the Detroit Pistons. So the Lakers an underdog right now as we welcome in our Sports Grid radio audience to the third and final very happy hour of the morning after on this Tuesday. You're listening on Sirius XM, Channel 159, the Mightier 1090 out on the West Coast. 
I am out on the West Coast. I will get to watch this on Spectrum Sportsnet Los Angeles today in my own home, my parents' home. That's how good it is to be on the West Coast. This a part of our West Coast wake-up. The Lakers on the East Coast taking on the New York Knicks tonight. The Los Angeles Lakers without LeBron James, who has been suspended for one game by the NBA, a three-and-a-half-point underdog tonight in the Garden. The Lakers this year, three-and-three against the number when booked as an underdog, not covering by an average margin of five points per game. This is just Los Angeles' seventh game on the road this year. In the prior six games on the road, L.A. just two-and-four against the numbers. But the Knicks, who were so good at MSG last year, not as great this year, at least ATS. Just three and six against the number inside Madison Square Garden this season. Five and eight ATS as a favorite this year for the Knicks. They are a three and a half point home favorite tonight in MSG and the over under total, 214 and a half. The other team in Los Angeles that plays their professional basketball in the City of Angels will be inside Staples Center tonight. The Clippers taking on the Dallas Mavericks right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. The Clippers, a six, or excuse me, four and a half point favorite. The over-under total, 207 and a hook. The Clippers, 10 and seven straight up this year. Eight and six against the number as a favorite. Six and five ATS at home. This is the 12th home game in 18 total games for the Clippers this year. Dallas, just two and five against the spread in seven games when booked as an underdog this year, not covering by an average margin of almost 10 points per game. So when the Mavericks have been an underdog, it hasn't been great, except when they played the LA Clippers uh, uh, two nights ago on Sunday night as well. They were a five and a half point underdog. The Clippers won that game 97 to 91. So did not cover as a dog, but were very, very close. Again, the Mavericks will be a four and a half point underdog inside Staples Center against the Clippers tonight in over under total of 207 in a hook. Also tonight, the college football playoff releases its fourth rankings of the year. Does the selection committee, Connor O'Gara from Saturday Down South, joins us next to discuss all of that. Stay with us on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Right here on the morning after on Sports Grid Sirius XM, channel 159, the new home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM and all across the Sports Grid Network. I am your host, Ben Stevens. Saturday down south's Connor O'Gara will join us in just a moment. And we need Connor's expertise for this Tuesday, for the fourth time of this college football regular season, the CFP selection committee will give us a peek behind the curtain and rank the top 25. How will the top four look this week after a shakeup with Oregon losing to Utah this past weekend, Wake Forest going down, Ohio State taking care of Michigan State in a very dominant performance? Who will be number two in the country? Who will be number four in the country? We await and see tonight. But now joining us to help us decipher some of what the committee might say or how it should look is Connor O'Gara from Saturday Down South back here on the morning after on this Tuesday. Connor, a happy Thanksgiving week to you. Thank you for being here this Tuesday morning. 
Good to be here, man. Sorry. Yeah, we got we got a lot going on this week. When we get the condensed week, you got the Egg Bowl on Thursday. Oof. You know, everybody loves Black Friday with with Mizzou and Arkansas battling it out. But yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's a big week in college football, and there's just so much to talk about. I mean, my goodness, it feels like we have a lot of questions that we still don't really have answers to at this point in the season. But I'm not complaining. It's a great time of year. A new coaching vacancy in the college football landscape as well. Florida will be looking for a new head coach next season after letting go of Dan Mullen after four years in Gainesville. The SEC never stops in the SEC, as we know, Connor O'Gara. It just means more. But before we dive into the SEC slate for this final week of the regular season, let's begin with Connor O'Gara's top six for the college football playoff. A reminder here, not how Connor thinks the committee will rank these teams tonight, who he believes is most deserving of being in the top six. So Connor, once again, for the fourth straight Tuesday, I believe the floor is yours. Oh no, I got my hairs crossed on this one. So I definitely gave you how I think the selection committee will actually oh, no. vote. So that's, oh, all right, no. that's okay. We can talk our way out of this. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. So I think based on the, the clues that they've given us in, in the previous weeks, I, I think that we'll still obviously see Georgia at one. The big question is going to be who's going to be a number two, right? I think that we're going to see the selection committee stick with Alabama at two. I think we'll see Ohio State at three, Cincinnati four, Michigan five, and then Notre Dame kind of quietly sneaking up to number six after they looked really, really good. They just dominated Georgia Tech. But I think the big question that we want to know, two big questions rather, how high does Ohio State get ranked after one of the biggest statements all year? And look, I have poo-pooed Ohio State's resume because, quite frankly, it wasn't very good before that Michigan State game. That was a statement. And assuming the selection committee was actually awake to watch it and they decided to watch college football and do their jobs, I'm going to think that Ohio State is going to get the benefit of the doubt ahead of a team like Cincinnati again, obviously, but I don't think they'll get the benefit of the doubt ahead of Alabama because Alabama faced a top 25 Arkansas team. And even though Alabama played in a one-score game in the fourth quarter for the fifth time in seven SEC games, I think we've seen in the past they like the Tide's resume. They still like the quality wins against the likes of Ole Miss and Mississippi State. And Ohio State, which now is able to move ahead of Oregon, of course, I think is still going to be at number three because the rest of the resume is still not great. But I'll admit, look, the Buckeyes showed me, they shut me up, and I think they'll get that top three love tonight. Well, Connor, this might even be more important than me asking you your top six is how the committee might rank it this week because these rankings do certainly matter heading into conference championship weekend. Some of this might take care of itself on conference championship weekend, but this will be the rankings we have for the finale of the regular season in college football. You make a great point about Alabama. Although Ohio State might have looked more impressive against Michigan State, Alabama still did knock off an Arkansas team. Sure, they were a 21.5-point favorite, but the Razorbacks were still a top 25 team. We have seen Sam Pittman be creative this year, and they gave Alabama a tough test. But Alabama has been ranked second in the CFP poll since these initial rankings came out. I'm not sure... Ohio State leapfrogs them tonight, even if I think Ohio State maybe should. So I do think that Alabama will stick at number two tonight. I think Cincinnati moves up in the top four. I want to ask you about number six. You're seeing my top 10. This is how I would rank the teams right now, not how I think the college football playoff selection committee will. So I want to ask you about those teams you see there, five, 
through seven. I actually had Oklahoma State above Michigan. I made a late change and might have messed up with my graphics producer, Jesse Metzger. I had Oklahoma State over Michigan, even being Big Ten Ben. Michigan number six, Notre Dame number seven. What do you make of those three teams and their outlook for the college football playoff? That's kind of the cutoff. As we talk about the teams that actually still have a playoff path, to me, that's where it stops. I think Notre Dame's playoff path is slim to none. I really do. Because even a one-loss Notre Dame team, are we saying that that's more deserving than Cincinnati? If Cincinnati were to, to, lose, to lose a game, uh, I don't think you can make that case. I think it's different when you lose at home by double digits in that head-to-head, a little bit different than Michigan, Michigan State, where you have all those common opponents, and that's what the selection committee used to kind of say, well, Michigan, we think, overall is the better team. But, you know, I, I kind of look at the rest of, of that and the way that it breaks down, and I say, well, Oklahoma State is quietly racking up a pretty nice resume. And if they yeah. win these next two games, which Bedlam, Saturday, who knows? No idea what to expect with that. If Oklahoma can overcome that defense, which is – been so so good for Mike Gundy's team. We'll wait and yeah. see on that. But then you still got to win the Big Twelve Championship. If Oklahoma State wins those two games, I kind of think Oklahoma State is getting in. But if they lose, let's think about this possibility: Will the selection committee leave out three Power Five conferences? That has not happened. That is in the history of the playoff. That has not happened yet because the ACC is out of it and Pac twelve. It's out of it with Oregon losing. Could that maybe change with the way that they rank some of these teams? I don't know, but it is an interesting little predicament. And I think we're trending in the direction of Cincinnati getting in. I've been saying it since yeah. May. I think we're heading in that direction where the Bearcats are going to get love. And if they go in the top four tonight, that'll be the first time we've ever seen a group of five team ranked in the top four at any point during the playoff rankings. Mm. And that is significant. And then you could just point to you know the SEC championship, point to – Michigan, Ohio State, and say, well, hey, this is going to play itself out. Cincinnati should be in a good position. But just don't sleep on that Oklahoma State game. That's the one I kind of have in the back of my mind of maybe they could kind of shock the Bearcats and and prevent this, this Cinderella story from happening. Yeah, it would be fascinating to see because if the Cowboys do win out, if they beat Oklahoma in Bedlam here to end out the regular season and then would take on Baylor in that Big 12 championship game and win that again after they beat the Bears earlier in this conference portion of the college football season, that would be a one-loss Big 12 champion. There is a huge precedent for one-loss conference champions to make it into the college football playoff. That would be very, very interesting to see Of course, Alabama could throw a wrinkle into this if they win the SEC championship, and we know what that matchup will be a week from Saturday in Atlanta. And as it stands, Connor, Georgia, a minus 200 favorite, as they were last week, Alabama plus 160. If you do the math here, that evens out to about a three and a half point, four and a half point spread in Georgia's favor. Do you think that's what we'll see come next Saturday for the SEC championship game? I think George is like a little under a touchdown favorite. I think it's like six, six and a half, something like mm-hmm. that. And look, I think Georgia has has the exactly what you need to beat Alabama, a team that can take advantage of some of these issues. They've had issues at right tackle. That's been a disaster all year for Alabama. Can you get to Bryce Young? Can you get to him without sending extra pressure? Can you force him to throw into some of these tighter windows? It's a little bit different than sending the house and, and watching Bryce Young kind of pick you apart downfield with Jamison Williams. But – I think that this is a a Georgia team that 
I could absolutely cover a six and a half point spread. I think they can beat Alabama by two touchdowns. I really do. And I, I feel good about this team. I think it's Georgia's year. And I think we're trending in that direction of seeing Georgia dominate the field in route to a national championship. If you want the dogs with plus money, still plus 150 to be an undefeated national champion, that's going to flip pretty soon. Plus money on the dogs. Connor stays with us. More coming up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Morning after on this Tuesday continues right here on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens, joined by Connor O'Gara from Saturday Down South for another segment here as we look at the SEC weekend slate for the final weekend of the regular season in all of college football. Very important games, rivalry week across the country. And you might be thinking to yourself, Thanksgiving Day is reserved for the National Football League, the Detroit Lions, the Chicago Bears, the Las Vegas Raiders, the Dallas Cowboys, the New Orleans Saints, and the Buffalo Bills. Nah, there's also a great college game on Thursday night of Thanksgiving, a rivalry matchup in the state of Mississippi. The Rebs of Ole Miss, the Bulldogs out of Stark Vegas for Mississippi State, otherwise fondly known as the Egg Bowl. And right now, Connor O'Gara, Ole Miss, actually an underdog in Stark Vegas on Thursday night. The Rebs getting one and a half on the FanDuel Sportsbook. The over-under total for this game hovering somewhere in the low 60s. Let me check the updated line right here on the FanDuel Sportsbook. 62 and a half for Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Connor O'Gara in this rivalry matchup. Who has the edge in the Egg Bowl? I'm going, to t- I'm going to say something here. I'll get to kind of the, the spread stuff. But just if you're wondering Please. why should you watch this game, maybe why should you gamble on this game besides just this being a football game that's on Thursday night, I am a Bears fan. You see the Bears helmet up there. I am literally wearing a Jim McMahon shirt right now. That is my team. That's what I grew up watching. Even if the Bears were undefeated right now and playing the Lions on Thanksgiving Day, the game I would be most excited about, the football game I would be most excited about is the Egg Bowl. This game is unbelievable. It delivers every single year. I like Mississippi State in this game at home, and I like it because of how well Will Rogers is playing right now. Here's something crazy that the average person probably doesn't realize. Will Rogers is on pace to have a better season than Gardner Minshew at Washington State when he had Mike Leach as his coach. That is a crazy thought. This kid is playing out of his mind. He has figured out the air raid offense and against an Ole Miss defense that has been good at points and then uh, not so good at others. I think Will Rogers continues the trend that he's been on the last month or so. And this should be a great game. And maybe it'd be different if I knew that Matt Corral was healthy in this football game. He's been nursing that ankle injury since the Tennessee game when he had 30 carries. He's not at 100%. We saw Ole Miss's offense look a little bit sluggish against Vandy this past weekend. I think Mississippi State wins a great game at home. This game should be awesome. It's basically a coin flip. 
but I, I would love to be able to take the over in this one. I would love to be able to to watch both of these teams go at it without a rooting interest. This rivalry is one of the best in all of college football. Cannot wait for it on Thursday night. And you'll often see in rivalry matchups where one side has a dominant trend over the other. For instance, Ohio State has won eight straight against Michigan, 15 of the last 16. This is one of the more competitive rivalries in all of college football. I think I saw a stat earlier in the week, Connor, that nobody has had a longer than three-game winning streak going back for like the past two or three decades. So this game is going to be incredible. Will we see Connor O'Gara? To end out the regular season before a bowl trip for Lane Kiffin Company in over from Ole Miss. I feel like we haven't seen one in ages. In fact, six straight games the Rebs have played to an under. Does that trend end this week? I think it ends this week. I, I'm going to guess because I think the number has has kind of corrected itself. Like 35-31 is kind of what I'm thinking for this game. Mississippi State wins it. And that, that, that over would hit. But part of it is because Ole Miss defense is better. They're, they're just better than they were last year. And we, we talk about the, the high-powered Ole Miss offense so much with Matt Corral. But, you know, his mobility has been limited. And he hasn't been the same player that he was in the first part of the season before that injury against Tennessee. So you got to kind of take that into account. But I still, having said that, think that the over has a decent chance to hit in this one. Now, go watch. This turns into, like, a 10-7 rock fight because this game is unpredictable. It always delivers just a, a memorable ending. And I think that you can never really know what to expect until it actually happens. I cannot wait for the Egg Bowl. It's around 4.30 p.m. Pacific time where I'm here welcoming our guests to the Stevens household. I'll be like, listen, we'll get the Saints and Bills on in a minute, but we need to put on a little old Miss and Mississippi State football. It should be a fantastic game for your turkey day. Do not forget... College football also runs deep on Thanksgiving. So from the Egg Bowl to the Iron Bowl, one of the best rivalries in all of college sports, Auburn and Alabama at Jordan-Hare Stadium. As I have learned from Connor O'Gara, Auburn will be a 19.5-point underdog against the Tide this weekend. Alabama, again, laying nearly three touchdowns in this game. The over-under total 55 and a half. Obviously, Connor, it has not been a great final month of the regular season for the Auburn Tigers. But can they muster up any last will to cover this number against Alabama in the Iron Bowl? Two things are going to say, oh, Auburn should cover easily in this one. One is that Bama has lost its last two games outright at Jordan-Hare. All right, haven't won at Jordan-Hare since 2015. The other thing that you would say, oh, Auburn should be able to cover. Bama has played, as I said earlier, in a one-score game in the fourth quarter in five of their seven SEC games. That doesn't suggest the three-score victory is coming. What would terrify me, if I'm an Auburn fan, is realizing that Will Anderson is going to be on that line of scrimmage. And TJ Finley, who is not exactly known for his mobility, is going to have to try and deal with Will Anderson for four quarters. And that just doesn't sound like fun. And I see that matchup being lopsided. I worry about Auburn, who has just been a disaster offensively in the second half of these games. Two consecutive games in which they have blown double-digit leads. That just can't happen. And I wonder what this team is truly playing for. Because if Bama goes up 21-0 in the first quarter, it wouldn't necessarily surprise me. And if that happens, buddy, this could get ugly in a hurry. So I think Bama actually covers in this one. And I, I probably wouldn't have said that a few weeks ago, but... The wheels appear to have fallen off for Auburn. Three consecutive losses, including one this past weekend, 
to South Carolina. So give me the tie to cover on the road and kind of avenge that that mini losing skid at Jordan-Hare. Yeah, like you mentioned, the Tigers have lost three straight games. They have not covered in three straight games. The last two as nearly a touchdown favorite. It has not been the hype we were hoping for for the Iron Bowl at Jordan-Hare between Auburn and Alabama. There was a shot about a month ago that if Auburn kept rolling with Bo Nix and the resurgence, maybe this could potentially be a chance for Alabama to be knocked off and Auburn could steal a bid to the SEC championship game. Not quite right now. We know the SEC championship game between Alabama coming from the SEC West and Georgia, who wrapped up the SEC East, what also feels like decades ago, about a month ago. And in a non-conference game to end out the year for the dogs, Georgia, a 30 four and a half point favorite against Georgia Tech. Now, this is not Charleston Southern, who Georgia played last week. Georgia Tech is an ACC team, but Georgia is still a 34 and a half point favorite. I guess the Yellow Jackets did get beat by 50 plus against Notre Dame this past weekend. But Connor, another big spread for another football game for the Georgia Bulldogs. Georgia Tech scored as many points last week as you and I combined. Zero. Zip. Not a... This offense is struggling badly, and Georgia's defense, not struggling. Um, the exact opposite of that in every possible way. If they're getting Jordan Davis rushing touchdowns, uh, Kirby Smart's feeling pretty good about his team and where it's at. The only thing, and I mean the only thing that would give me slight pause is to go all in with Georgia covering 34.5, though I think they still will. But the only thing kind of holding me back is wondering, are they prepping a little bit for Bama? Are they kind of maybe taking it easy, being a little bit more conservative? They want to have everybody healthy. They don't want to necessarily get too crazy. And and they call a little bit more of a conservative game plan. And that keeps things a little bit closer than it should. I don't think that'll happen. It could happen. I'm still taking Georgia to win this game 42-7, to which is barely covering. Barely covering. But I would still say that this should be a favorable matchup for the Dogs. And who knows what their what their motivation is going to look like down the stretch on the Georgia Tech side if they give up on this game. Should be very, very lopsided. I have a tough time seeing Georgia Tech scoring multiple touchdowns. Will we see a Jordan Davis rushing touchdown for a second straight week? Anytime you can see a six six foot 340-pound man dive into the end zone, leaping over his offensive line, you know college football is the best. Connor, the picture of Jordan Davis next to another Georgia defensive lineman and then just a regular size man is one of my favorite photos I have ever seen. The guy next to Jordan Davis in this photo I'm referencing is also 6'3", 315. Jordan Davis, a part of a Georgia team, Connor, that is still plus 150 to be an undefeated national champion. We mentioned it on the other side of the break quickly in those final seconds that you can still get plus money on the dogs. Do you think that value is ripe for the taking? Yes. I, I, w- I, would, I would jump all over that. I, I really would. I think it's Georgia's year. I thought last year was Bama's year. I mean, that's not really bold. I thought 2019 was LSU's year. I, I saw that LSU team in person three times, and every single time I saw them, I became more and more convinced nobody's beating this team. I don't think anybody's beating Georgia. I really don't. I, I think this team is going all the way. I think Ohio State provided an interesting example of what it could look like, that potential blueprint with those great receivers, but – I think it's Georgia's year, and, and I think that they do get that win against Alabama that Georgia fans have just been waiting for. And once they get that in the SEC championship, there's going to be this exhale, this monkey off our backs, this, oh, 
Now we can finally go after this thing and end the 1980 jokes once and for all. This defense is just too good, man. You take one piece off that defense and it still doesn't really impact them. I think that they are destined to win a national championship this year. And I, I, I'd take plus money if I can get. Georgia minus 200 to win the SEC Conference Championship and odds on favorite as well to win the Natty at minus 125. Connor O'Gara from Saturday Down South breaking it down for us, entering the regular season finale for the SEC and all of college football. Connor, as always, thank you so much. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Appreciate it. You too. And coming up next, more of the morning after. Bill Krakenberger joins the show up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 159, the new home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. Happy hour rolls on here on a Tuesday morning on your Turkey Day week. Yes, Thanksgiving is right around the corner. I am Ben Stevens, and joining me here very shortly, it will be Bill Krakenberger, one of the sharpest, wisest men out in the desert to provide you a glimpse of what you need to know before you lay down any wagers on Thanksgiving NFL football and also a huge college basketball game tonight between UCLA and Gonzaga. What to look out for in college hoops. You are going to get some knowledge dropped on you by the one we call crack. Make sure you have your notepad out and you are listening intently so you can become a more informed and better sports better. We will talk about the NFL. Week number 11 came to a close last night. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers winning 30-10 to over the New York Giants also covering as an 11-and-a-half-point favorite at home in Tampa Bay, Florida, under the watchful eye of the Cannons and the Pirate Ship. Here is what is so interesting about the Buccaneers. Just 4-6 and six against the number this year. They have been favored in all but one game so far this season, or maybe even in every game. And at home this year in Tampa, they are a perfect 5-0, and 4-1 oh, and one against the number, and they have covered in those four games as a double-digit favorite. That is how we welcome on a double-digit favorite in all things, in my mind, Bill Krakenberger from the Crack Wins app. You can get the latest knowledge you need right there from one of the sharpest there is in this industry. Crack, hello, and a wonderful Tuesday morning to you. Hey, good. Thanks uh, Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I, I As am always. over on the East Coast, but I will be heading tomorrow home uh, to Vegas for Thanksgiving before my wife kills me. So I will be there, and uh, but I'll be doing a quick turnaround. Uh, five, six days, I'm coming right back here to New Jersey, the sports betting capital of the world. That's right, sports betting capital of the world, $1.3 billion in volume, led by, of course, uh, FanDuel uh, last, uh, last month in October. If you heard it from Crack, that means that you should always be listening. Crack, we traded places. You out on the East Coast. I am now back on the West Coast all a part of this Thanksgiving week. You will be back out here in the desert. The Las Vegas Raiders play on Thanksgiving against one of the regular teams on Turkey Day, the Dallas Cowboys. We also have the Detroit Lions and the Chicago Bears in the early morning slate. 
for Turkey Day and then capped off by the Saints and the Bills in primetime. Three games now on Thanksgiving Day, Greg. What, do what does the casual sports better need to know about games for Thanksgiving when there should be a lot of volume placed into each one of those contests? Yeah, and two, two, throw two college football games in there for the, on, on a Thursday. Don't go broke before the weekend. That's what you should know. Uh, yeah. yeah, this is uh, a typical weekend. Uh, well, a typical week um, during the, uh, this this time of the year that a lot of people get so excited. All three games are on TV. You know, years ago they only had two games on, and then they threw a night game on. Uh, you know, maybe ten years ten years back and in the mix here and this just makes everyone over bet to be honest with you this is the nfl remember guys there's no reason to go crazy here uh if you like something situationally bet it but don't think you have to bet something on the late game just to get out um you know let me talk about something real quick about thanksgiving day in my family the way it always was come from a very old school east coast knock around family um very street smart family and very important that you, you, you listen if you want to have the, the the TV on in the background. I recommend with the foot with the games on. I recommend putting the volume off and throwing some holiday music. It'll be a little festive in the background. Listen, you have all year long to gamble on a plethora of things. Give thanks this Thanksgiving to everything. Cherish what you have. Cherish especially uh, your routine and your holiday traditions because I know me myself for fifty years straight. I spent with my mother and father when they were here, and I've lost them over the last couple of years, and, and I, I don't even like to even celebrate Thanksgiving or, or Christmas Eve, and it's just not like what it was. You know, I come from a family, you do the Feast of the Seven Fishes, and then the Thanksgiving antipasta, the breads, the thing, it's it just, it's different now. So I want to just make sure you know, please cherish what you have. Enjoy this holiday season with your family know that you don't have to be gambling and it's not all about gambling it is about giving thanks and uh just don't take it for granted uh this holiday season it's just something i want to pass along to people absolutely crack very wise words we need to be thankful and grateful at this time of year and we certainly are we're grateful to have you here on the morning after before we get to thanksgiving day crack we also have a great week known as feast week in college basketball, so many games to bet on each and every day. I mean, games are starting right now across all of these different tournaments across the entire country in college basketball. Also, a huge game tonight, Crack, between number one Gonzaga and number two UCLA. The Zags, a six-and-a-half-point favorite. The over-under total, 156-and-a-half. The most marquee of all marquee matchups. But when it comes to handicapping college basketball lines, Crack, what does the casual sports better need to look for, maybe even the night prior? The night prior is actually key there, Ben. You're right. I, I say, especially if you're just starting out, look at the overnight lines, look where they are, and write every line down. Just make a screenshot on your phone. You don't have to write things down the more we're in the technology world. Now you just take a screenshot with your phone. Just look at all the lines, look where they were, look where they are the next day. And, and look for opportunities maybe on slow-moving sports books in the AM or just follow the line trends. See what the opening line was the night before. I want you to look at the closing line, too. Very, very important. Listen, there's, ve there's very many. There's a lot of free line services out there that you can track the lines and you can see where it opened, where it closed. There's only one or two sports books that put out these lines overnight. Everyone else copies them. So uh, I want you to look at the overnight lines and I'll – 
tell you right now, FanDuel's one of them. Jot down those FanDuel lines. They open up lines really early. Um, I, I want you to look at all those lines, see where they go to. I want The reason why I'm saying this, I'm getting to a point here. want to make sure there's no market manipulation the next day. Mm-hmm. So if something is minus five and a half, it looks like it goes to seven the next day. See if it closed seven or higher. If it closes back at six, you know it was market manipulation. And you can actually just find some low-hanging fruit there watching that and knowing it's an indicator of knowing what's going on in the market. As for this big kind of a contest tonight, I'm not looking to play Gonzaga's and UCLA's. It's a great game to watch. It's a great fan game, like you said. Listen, there's 60, 70 games again today. All these tournaments, it's a fun time of the year. You can get caught up, though. You don't have to have a bet on the UCLA game. It's almost like betting on a big, you know, a big 10 football game or a top football game or even an NFL game. I look for those smaller market schools. I look for the teams like yesterday. I had like, I'm not going to just mention winners, but I had some small schools uh, like the Oaklands and, 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 which is Oakland's and, and of course, uh, not, not Oakland, California, Oakland, Michigan. And then, and then you have uh, like, like little schools like, Boston and these little schools I look for that that there's not a a microscope or a light cascading down on it like a Gonzaga or UCLA. This is a fun game to watch. I'm not saying that. Enjoy the game. Just don't overbet on the game where anything can happen. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, when it's such a public game crack and the game is so good, you're going to have more of the focus there, which makes the sports book a little bit sharper, which means the edges are harder to come by. But crack, we are now done with 11 weeks in this NFL regular season, the longest regular season we have had in the history of the National Football League, 18 regular season weeks. Each team will play 17 games. And at the conclusion of week 11, Crack, we talked about this earlier in the show. There are five teams in the NFC that seem to be a tier above the rest. And when you look at the NFC Conference Championship market right now, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the favorites at plus 280. Then you have the Arizona Cardinals, the Rams behind them, the Packers, and the Cowboys. But all five of these teams, Crack, within just about $2 of each other. So what can a future market tell you about a week-to-week basis on how to approach these top five teams in the NFC? Boy, look how wide open this is. I'm looking at the lines right here at Fandle that, that you guys put up. Wow. It is, it's just this year is unlike any other year. Usually there's a dominant team that stands yeah. out among the rest. And this is both the AFC and NFC. It's even futures to win the Super Bowl. This year is unbelievable. I'm going to tell you, though, I'm not so much into betting uh, futures at this stage of the game. I'm looking more early in the season when I can find some little nuggets of some really good value. Uh, it's such a high hold market futures. Now, I'm not saying I don't bet them. I do bet them. Um, I, I look for other things. I'll tell you something that FanDuel offers that uh, only one of the sportsbook offers that I know of. They offer, even right now, you can bet every team in the NFL season wins over under after every weekend settles. That's amazing. That, that's actually a really fun market to bet. Uh, over under a t- season wins still, which is normally only offered at the beginning of the year when the kickoff starts uh, for week one. That's the end of that. That's not the way it is with uh, with FanDuel. So pretty good uh, things. I think I, I bet something there last week. I bet something at Bally's. They took like five grand on something from me. Oh, God, what was it? Pittsburgh Steelers maybe? Till, un- under, mm-hmm. under on the Steelers I bet last week at FanDuel, under eight and a half minus. I laid, I laid $1.30, I think. But um, 
That, that's something I can't get anywhere else. I can't get that on the West Coast. I can't get that in Vegas. I can, I can only get it in markets that, that, that uh, they have the FanDuel. So that's uh, just an interesting way to, to bet something throughout the season. I think it's a little bit better than, than the hold on the futures market. Yeah, it is absolutely so fascinating, Crack, because you see teams up there, like the Arizona Cardinals right now, who are the favorites to be the number one playoff seed in the NFC at plus 150. Their live team win total on FanDuel is 12.5. It was 8, 8.5 in the preseason. And that live 12.5, the over is juiced at minus 180. So taking the over, there's no value there. But it's just fun to monitor throughout the year and shows and is truly an indication even if there's no value, how good a team might be and how their outlook looks like for the rest of the season. Quickly here, Crack, only about a minute or so left. You mentioned the Thanksgiving meal. What is your favorite dish of the entire Thanksgiving meal that we have? You know, my mom, uh, bless her soul, she used to make the the greatest antipasta every year, Mm. uh, Thanksgiving. All the meats and cheeses we used to, that my aunts brought down from the Bronx, uh, you know, we're originally from the Bronx, and uh, I'm going to see if I can actually show you a quick picture of uh, one of our Thanksgiving antipastas there. there there's one. Oh. There's one of my mother's antipastas on the table there. Oh, you can my see. God. That was just uh, – that, that was that, – look at the size of that. That's for 14 people, and uh, that, that was just one of, the, <laughs> one of the things my mother used to always make. But also the, the stuffed mushrooms – you know, I'm not a turkey guy. It's okay, but it's not really a turkey guy. But uh, the stuffed mushrooms, my mother made homemade pies. And, you know, it's old school tradition, old school ways. I love that kind of stuff. I'm going back to, to Vegas. Uh, my wife and I are going over a friend's house who used to own a restaurant in Beverly Hills. He used to own Mastro's. And his wife is mm. preparing a big meal for us. And uh, I look forward to that. That should be fun. Uh, but nothing's ever going to beat mom and dad's uh, cooking or your grandmother's cooking. Uh, again, real important to have those times with your family and cherish them and, and uh, try not to focus on the sports uh, so much when, when you're with your family this time of the year. An absolutely wonderful sentiment as well. Bill Krakenberger, one of the sharpest out there, giving you some great advice for this holiday weekend. Crack, as always, thank you so much for your time. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday and a holiday weekend. We will talk here very, very soon. Still to come on the morning after we end out our three hours together with a best bet for the day. Bye-bye-byes on the other side of the break. Stay with us here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rounding out our Tuesday morning together in this Thanksgiving week on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, the new home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. I am Ben Stevens. Before we say farewell on this Tuesday, before we say goodbye, it is time for our best bets of the day. A huge college basketball matchup tonight. The number one team in the country, the Gonzaga Bulldogs, facing the number two team in the country, the UCLA Bruins. So before we say farewell, before we say goodbye, it is time for Bye Bye Bye. 
This is one of the few times I'm very glad to be watching sports out here on the West Coast. As you can tell by my background, this is the West Coast studios of Sports Grid, aka my familial home that my parents still have. What that means is Gonzaga and UCLA, 10 p.m. Eastern tonight, 7 p.m. Pacific for Chaboy. It's going to be great theater. The number one team in Gonzaga, a seven-point favorite now on the FanDuel Sportsbook over the number two team in the country, UCLA. Of course, a Final Four rematch from last year when Gonzaga won on an overtime thriller, a half-court shot from Jalen Suggs. Onions, double order! Now you're seeing that over for tonight of a total of 156 and a half. There is a ton of movement already on the FanDuel Sportsbook, and not just the line that opened in the Zags' favor of five and a half, now at seven. Also, this over-under total of 156 and a half has come down to 155 live right now. I'm okay with that. I'm still taking it over. Here's why. UCLA has played four of their five games to an over this year. They're averaging 90.8 points per game. Gonzaga averaging 93 points per game. I think if one team can get into the low 80s, which I expect to happen, we will see an over of 155, 156 and a half in a great game between number one Gonzaga and number two UCLA. The morning after each and every weekday right here on the grid. 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time every single weekday morning. I am Ben Stevens. We'll talk to everybody tomorrow.